Welcome to Unchained, the radio program which addresses the challenges facing Christians today with short, pithy presentations, presenting a vigorous defense for Christianity's claim that the Holy Bible is God's inspired word. This series deconstructs the arguments of evolutionists, anti-theists, atheists, and other enemies of the Holy Bible. Here is your host, Pastor Rod Anderson. I'm Rod Anderson. There are many people today who claim that Jesus Christ of Nazareth was a good man and nothing more, a kind of benevolent teacher, healer, who made himself available to the people. But his contemporaries viewed him differently. In fact, they were prepared to worship him as God. Jesus himself even claimed that he existed before his birth in Bethlehem. Throughout the three and a half years of Jesus' ministry, he even appealed to the Old Testament prophets as proof of his messiahship. In fact, a close study of the New Testament reveals there are over 300 prophecies from the Old Testament which were expressly fulfilled in him. Furthermore, no one can say these prophecies were written after Christ's time because the last book of the Old Testament was written 400 years before Christ, so there could not have been any possible collusion. On Christ's first public appearance, he appealed to prophecy prophecy by saying these words this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears Luke chapter 4 verse 21 and in Mark chapter 1 verse 15 Jesus declared the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand repent and believe the gospel after his crucifixion and resurrection he said to two two of his disciples O fool and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken and to show his disciples how they should study the old testament prophecy the bible says that jesus beginning at moses and all the prophets he expounded unto them in all scriptures the things concerning himself meaning jesus revealed the messianic prophecies of the old testament showing how he had fulfilled them all however much atheists and antitheists may flout bible prophecy they admit that the old testament gives frequent warnings regarding the coming of a remarkable personage they will also acknowledge that for over 1000 years the whole jewish nation lived in eager anticipation of a Messiah, just a few of the passage upon which the expectation was founded was the promise of the seed of the woman in Genesis chapter 3 verse 15. The proclamation that Shiloh was to come out of Judah before the dominion of that tribe should depart, as foretold in Genesis 49 verse 10, that a prophet like Moses was to come according to Deuteronomy 18.18, and quoted by Peter in Acts chapter 3 verse 22 as fulfilled in Christ, the prophecies of the coming Messiah were sometimes filled with startling paradoxes. For example, the 53rd chapter of Isaiah, written 720 years before the time of Christ, declares, He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did not esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities. He was oppressed and was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shearers is dumb, so he openeth not his 
his mouth. He was numbered with the transgressors and he bare the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. An amazing prophecy of which there is no possible chance of complicity which describes the last week of Jesus' life. Think of this. It is admitted that many centuries before the time of Jesus Christ, certain writings by Jewish writers foretold that a member of the Jewish nation, small and insignificant though it was, should be a blessing to all mankind. Account for it as you please. It is a stubborn fact of history that this obscure Jew, Jesus of Nazareth, from a small and despised race, has become a blessing to every nation on earth. Furthermore, the time of his coming was clearly marked in Daniel chapter 9, verses 24 to 27, which identifies the year that Jesus' public ministry would commence with his baptism and the year in which he would be crucified. To sum up, there are several marvellously demonstrated facts that stand out. Centuries before Christ was born, a number of Jewish writers living over a period of 1,500 years boldly predicted that one of their race would be preeminently righteous. He would be a prophet. He would be rejected as the Messiah by the very people who foretold his coming. He would be a blessing to all mankind. He would live in a certain definite specified time. He would be killed and he would die as a malefactor. No one else meets the specification, only Jesus Christ of Nazareth. On top of these facts, consider this. The truth of the system of Plato or Lucretius or Karl Marx or Buddha or Muhammad does not depend on the question whether they were good or bad men, but if a flaw could be shown in the character of Christ, the whole Christian system would collapse utterly and at once. In estimating the influence of Jesus on history and contrasting the difference between Christ and all the moralists and philosophers of paganism, we must be honest with the information available to us today. No Greek moralist or philosopher ever opposed the prevailing vices and corruptions of his own time and country. No heathen moralist ever endeavoured to curb the inhuman and horrible bloody sport of the gladiators. None spoke against lust, the deliberate slow killing of infants and slaves by exposure, or the public encouragement and the establishment of brothels. The most indecent revellings were open practice a part of their heathen religion, and the greatest philosophers and moralists never lifted a voice against them. Plato not only encouraged lying, but he also recommended a community of prostitutes and advised that soldiers should not be restrained from even the most obscene and unnatural sensuality. Furthermore, Plato not only expressively allowed excessive drinking at the festival of Bacchus, but he and Aristotle both directed that means should be used to prevent weak children from being reared. Plato, Cicero, Epictetus, and other famous philosophers advised men to continue the idolatry of their ancestors. Diogenes inculcated and practiced the most brutal lust, and Cato recommended young men for frequenting brothels. And as such, things were encouraged and protected by the laws of the state. Zeno, the founder, and Cato, the most famous adherent of Stoic philosophy, and Seneca, the great moralist of Nero's time, 
were all suicides. But anti-theists, atheists, materialists and libertines may declare, but they taught many fine things. But this is precisely my point. These men were admittedly the greatest of the ancient world, but in life and example, they were corrupt and beggarly elements indeed. But Jesus was altogether different and by example showed himself to be above the noise and rancor of this world. This is just one of the ways in which Jesus was ethically and morally different from any other son of Adam who has ever walked this earth. If you want to learn more about Jesus Christ and who he is, I'd like to give you a free book called The Path of Peace, which will bring you face to face with Christ in a way which will amaze you. And if you go to YouTube, type in my name, you can go to a presentation I gave called Seven Mind-Blowing Prophecies, which will unpackage this subject in more detail. Furthermore, I want to give you a marvellous set of Bible reading guides called The Orchard Faith of Jesus Studies. This is a 25-part series of Bible reading guides which are easy to use and will see you become familiar with the most important truths in the Bible. And all you have to do to receive these gifts from us is send me an email with your name, postal address and phone number to info at theorchardmelbourne.org.au that is info at theorchardmelbourne.org.au or go to our website theorchardmelbourne.org.au go to the tab mark contact us and follow the prompts identify the book offered and we will mail the studies and the book to you wherever you are in the world well again our time has passed by far too quickly but remember the truth has nothing to fear from investigation i'm rod anderson goodbye for now listening to Unchained. We look forward to your company here next time on 3ABN Australia Radio as we continue this series with Pastor Rod Anderson. Let's listen to Sandra Enterman sing a beautiful song, The Man Called Jesus. All he did was save my life All he did was be my friend And then mend my broken heart So that I could smile again Now they've taken him away And I just can't understand Why they've treated him this way Oh, they must not know this man No, they must not know this man Called Jesus He's so gentle, he's so kind What could he be guilty of? Oh, how could it be a crime That he gave all his love Now the man who saved my life has been nailed upon a cross, and the joy that he made mine, without him we'd all be lost. Oh, they must not know this man called Jesus, if they'd known him. 
in action Luke 23:34 Then Jesus said Father forgive them for they do not know what they do When you're driving along someone cuts you off and you're about to mutter some not so nice words remember Jesus on the cross In situations where people upset you try putting forgiveness into action by taking a breath asking God for help and saying those beautiful words Father forgive them for they do not know what they do